0: Good morning. Welcome to All Things Jessamine. Glad to have you on this Saturday morning as we continue remembering people and places and things. And today we're going to talk about two people who I knew very well and had the pleasure to work with one of them for many years. And I don't know that you could have found any two better people in our county. And that is Ella Steen and May Florence Hager. With us today is one of their granddaughters. Uh, Leanne Hager is with us today, and she's going to help us reminisce about her grandparents. Now, we must say, Leanne, right at the start, is your dad had a little incident, I think, last year, and had a, a little car wreck. Is that right? Accident. Is he doing, he's doing better?
1: Much, he's doing much better. Thank Good. you.
0: And we had talked to Ray about doing this, but, uh, you know, he's trying to heal up, and we want him to heal up, and we wish him the best. But let's start, if you can, with both him and her. And, and folks, I must tell you, because we have people in this listening's program that aren't from here that maybe haven't been here for a while. It, I worked with him at the funeral home, so if you ever hear me refer to Teeny, that's I'm talking about. Ellistine. Ellistine was known to most people as either Teeny or Uncle Teeny. You all called him Paul. I called him Paul Paul. Paul Paul. But a lot of people in the community, and and even myself included, Teeny was what we called him. So if you hear me, and and she was known as Mama Sissy. And I us. call her
1: Sissy. <laughs> All right. So
0: if you hear me refer to Teenie and Sissy, I'm talking about Ella Steen and Mae Florence Hager. So with that being said, do you know, Leanne, uh, now I know they were both natives. Yes. Of our county. Do, do you have some background on when they were born and who their parents were?
1: Yes. I could go back several generations as mm-hmm. far as looking at the family tree, but um, I'm not going to know as much about them as maybe the older generation sure. will. My grandfather's, uh, Papa's parents were Arch Hager mm-hmm. Senior, and Sr. and Murdy Ann House
0: Hager. Now, Arch was a sheriff at one time in this county, right? He was. Yeah. And
1: actually... I can't give you the years, but um, Paw was uh-huh. a deputy sheriff. Yeah, I don't know if you ever knew that. And that was 1938 to 1946. He was now, deputy sheriff.
0: You mentioned, and and let's say the Hager family was huge. In yes. that, was there nine? Nine children. Nine children. And and I've often said that if especially and this is not to slight the four women because they were all fabulous. But if you look at the five guys, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they should open a hamburger joint, shouldn't they? The five five guys. guys. If you look at the five Hager boys, I don't know of any family in this county that has had that many people be that prolific. Because you have Ellistine who is known for the funeral home. Uh, C.R., who was superintendent and president of Asbury and all that. You had Lyman and Arch Jr., who had the construction company. And then you had Buddy, who owned Hemp Hills. Mm -hmm. I mean, they all were really successful in our Mm -hmm. community. And we're going to get to the rest of those on this program at some point in time. In fact, we've already been talking the four girls mm-hmm. we're going to do a show kind of about all of them together okay. with some of the kids so that we look forward to but arch and and in your and your great-grandmother now she was a house yes right. am papa's yes and i think because we had him on our program not long ago he was uh they were relate bob fane mm-hmm. and wasn't bob i believe in ellistine first cousins maybe they were they were because his mother was a house mm-hmm. also so that's a connection down to pollard and all in that right. area
1: and I have found connections everywhere that I didn't even exist. <laughs> I, I bet.
0: Well, when you got that many family, I mm-hmm. mean, there's a lot of cousins and a lot of things like that. And Mae Florence, tell us who her parents were.
1: Maudie Nola, mm-hmm. uh, Jacob, Foley Jacobs, so uh, yeah. she was a Foley, and her father was Homer Welch Jacobs. Okay. And um, my Uncle Lee, Sissy's brother, right. was named after, uh, he was named Lee Welch. So. Lee Welch
0: Jacobs. Yeah. Now, Lee Welch Jacobs, some people may recognize that name because yeah. he's been brought up in the past, too. He was on the Nixville Council, I think, at one time. And did he not work at a car dealership or uh, was a mechanic, I think, something like that?
1: He, uh, Uncle Raymond, Sissy's other brother, mm-hmm. uh, worked at the as a car mechanic. Okay. Now, Uncle Lee, whom I was named after... Mm-hmm. I didn't know him yeah. really very well yeah. because he died two years before I was born, yeah. so I don't really have a lot of yeah, his backstory.
0: Well, I know it's a, it's a huge family, mm-hmm. and, and we could tie on in. You mentioned Foley, then you're mm-hmm. getting now you're getting into Connie Royce McDonald and all that much with the mm-hmm. uh, Renlin Foley, yes, uh, who I adored and right. always loved that lady. So, do you know how they met? How did they get together, Sissy and Teeny?
1: They were school sweethearts. I yeah. don't know that it happened in high school. I've heard stories that they kind of had a liking for each other before high school, <laughs> and Sissy was playing hard to get. You know, she was <laughs> looking around, and uh, but Paul Paul was not uh, going to yeah. give up. He knew, he knew who he wanted, and that that's the way it was going to be. So I was trying to remember the years they may. I have pictures of it, but the years they may have graduated from high school and early 20s mid mid 20s mm-hmm. i guess is mm-hmm. when it was mm-hmm. but uh they married in um 1929 so I mean, it was pretty close after high. Now, I guess
0: they would have graduated from Nixville High. Yeah. Both of them would. They were married in 29. Uh Uh-huh. Now, they have one child, your dad. dad. When did Ray come along?
1: Ray, my father, uh, dad, was born in 1939.
0: Now, Ray, along with your mom, Sue, have (laughs) been educators, retired now, but were educators all of their life, and I assume that Ray took that from his mama.
1: I believe he did. I mean, this is... uh, if you want to talk about all the educators, we need to schedule another show. <laughs> um, but yes, I mean he was certainly influenced by her. Yeah. her. She taught for forty-two years, and we can talk about where and so forth later if you like. Yeah. But Dad was a teacher uh, the majority of the time here in Jefferson County, yeah. and Mom. I uh, taught 30 years, yeah. the majority in Jackson yeah. County.
0: And then you're a teacher. I'm
1: a teacher. I've been teaching 25 years. And
0: your sister, Tracy. Yes, and she's been teaching about 23 And her husband, Bill. Is a
1: principal. <laughs> so <laughs> it is
0: it is truly. And then, of course, you've got the CR connection and all that. I mean, mm-hmm. education has been a mainstay in your all's family for a long time.
1: Yes, and um I just, as I mentioned to you before we started, I just started a new job in Mm -hmm. Jasmine County this Mm -hmm. week, and Mm -hmm. I visited many of these schools. Yeah. And in each school, I've seen somebody I know or I'm related to. <laughs> wow! And so it's been kind of a family reunion that yeah. way as well.
0: And you gotta be careful how you act too.
1: <laughs> I've had um, teachers at, when I was in school here who were relatives, yeah. so I didn't have any room for error, and uh, I was really aware of that the I whole understand. time.
0: Well, they got together and, and got married, and and a lot of people who remember Ellistine will always, of course, identify him with Gwen Kurtz and Hager Funeral. But uh, he didn't get into that right off the bat. He was involved in some, what else, before he became a funeral director?
1: He was involved in so much, you know, I'm sure I'm going to leave something out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be honest. But I I have a a list of some dates so I can remember them because he was was, uh, so involved. But he became a clerk for the Kentucky Legislature in 1930. As I understand it, uh, I asked my dad a little bit about it. He did not miss a session
0: Mm
1: -hmm. except for one with one governor until 1972.
0: You know, he often talked to me about that, and I remember him naming names like Ruby LaFoon, who was a governor. Mm -hmm. For you people out there that don't know much about Kentucky Mm -hmm. history, we actually did have a governor named Ruby LaFoon. But, yeah, a lot of people don't know about that part Mm -hmm. of his life, that he was in the session on the floor taking the notes and writing down what was happening. And, I mean, even when he got in the funeral business, he still went and did that in Frankfurt, right?
1: Right. And, you know, I'm sure that that kind of influenced his political uh, right. affiliations and right. career and so forth. He wasn't a formal politician, but right. boy, did he know how to, oh, yeah. uh, you know, work with people and make sure. things happen. And.
0: and one thing, since you brought that up, he was on the, the, every county folks in Kentucky has what's called a local election board, <laughs> and it's made up of the county clerk and the county attorney and the sheriff. And then there is a representative from the Republican Party and the Democrat Party, Teenie Allistain was the Democratic person on that. Do you know how many years that was?
1: Over sixty. I don't know the actual years, but over sixty years. You know. I'm kind of the family historian, mm-hmm. so I was able to look up some dates. I, I don't amazing. have everything yeah, memorized, okay. but—and uh, I have pictures of him. You know, we were talking about the legislature and then the uh, election board. Mm-hmm. I think one of the pictures comes mm-hmm. from a, mm-hmm. an article about him, but—well, oh, I know they coincided, and one certainly had to influence the other.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I know he was on that board for as many years as he was on that board. Curry Teeter was the Republican yeah. person, and you know what, folks, if you want— to see, or if you can't now, but if you wanted to see how people of different parties can be true friends, that was the two to look at. Mm-hmm. There, there was none closer. He was as close to Curry. I guess it was his own brothers,
1: right? And you can see how even though you may have different political mm-hmm. beliefs, that um, you can get along. Sure you can. You can compromise. That's right. Let me talk to <laughs> some presidential candidates.
0: Um, you can be friends. And you can, can be live, friends, yeah.
1: and you can be work together to get the job done. That's
0: right. Well, he was in the legislature, and, and he did a lot of work there in the, in the elections, but most of the people knew Ella Steen because of the funeral home. Now, do you know, Why of all the things that that could go on, you know, he has a brother who's in education. He has two brothers who go in the excavating business. He has a brother who goes to pharmacy school. And about the same time, from the best I remember, because I think Buddy went to pharmacy school in Louisville. Ellistine decided to be a mortician, and he went to the old Kentucky School of Embalming and Funeral Directing up in Louisville. Do you have any idea why he wanted to get into that or why he did?
1: I have a story to Mm -hmm. explain that, because when I was a child, I didn't really understand why anybody would want to go into
0: that. (laughs) That
1: was the most scary thing to me. Sure. To even imagine. Yeah. And, of course, they lived where my sister and brother-in-law live now, right Mm -hmm. across the corner there from the Mm -hmm. funeral home. Mm -hmm. And I remember staying with them at night. You know, we were spending the night with our grandparents. And he would be called out on a death call, and it would be this cold and this snow. Oh, yeah. And I thought, how hard that must be and how scary that must be. So, you know, jump to a few years later when I had a little bit more of a uh, an inquisitive side mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm. i asked why in the world do you do this <laughs> i can't understand you know because he was the only one where i didn't really ask a lot of questions about his work yeah i didn't want to yeah. know yeah right. about how right. you embalm and right. how you how you console people in sure. that sure. kind of sure. situation and he said that that was the best way he knew how to help people yeah because that was the time when they hurt the most that's right and that was the time he could help them. that's most. right, and I think that that word "help" he was a comforter all the time mm-hmm. and he knew how somehow he had a the magic touch i suppose is one way to think of it. But he knew how to help comfort people in grief.
0: Yes, he did.
1: And that is a talent, a God-given talent. It is. It is. And I know you yeah. did the same thing.
0: Yeah, but I don't know if I was as good at it as he was. <laughs> he, was he was the master. You know, he, he got into that, too. And we might mention the funeral home he was in started was started by a fellow named Gwen. And he was a county judge executive at that time. It was around the turn of the century. And Judge Gwen started the funeral home. It was really funny, and we discussed this in a a program we had earlier about Holton West. Is that Judge Gwynn was a brother-in-law to Bill Betts of Betts and West Funeral Home? They were brother-in-law, okay? Yeah, (laughs) but anyway, Judge Gwynn had the funeral home. Democratic judge. And eventually, a fellow came into it named Bailey Kurtz, mm-hmm. and he became Gwen Kurtz, and then Ellistine got into it, and that became Gwen Kurtz and Hager. When Ellistine was there, I'm sure Judge Gwen was still around, but the main time that people remember was him and Mr. Mm-hmm. Kurtz. Sure. And Teeny always, of course, as you said, lived on that corner. Mm-hmm. Bailey Kurtz lived up the street a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think Bailey, of course, I can remember from Teeny, he would tell me that Bailey would call him in the middle of the night on a death call, and in fact, Back then, Leanne, they ran the ambulance, too, with a hearse. Right. I remember
1: seeing the vehicles go out in the middle of the night. Yeah, there wasn't an
0: ambulance. It was a hearse, a hearse ambulance. But anyway, Ellistine said that every time that Mr. Kurtz would call him, the first thing he would say when he answered the phone Teeny, you got your pants on. (laughs) It could be three in the morning. It probably
1: did. (laughs) And that's what he'd say. Teeny, you
0: got your pants on. And we got a call, and Elstein would get up, and he would go in weather like this and all and help the people. And, you know, it was pretty much a two- or three-man show. You know, they had some people that helped them, like one of the people that I remember so well that Elstein introduced me to was Jay Sanders and some others, Mr. Reed, and there's several. But, you know, it was was Teeny and Bailey. But Teeny became known as the embalmer. Uh-huh. The, he set the standard. I know when I got into it, people, even in other towns, you compared yourself to Ellistine Hager because he was the best. He could just make that deceased person look so natural. Mm-hmm. It And it was a talent. It was a God-given talent. It was talent. It was. But he really enjoyed that, and he stayed in it for a long time. Now, while he was doing that, let's get on another track. Your grandmother was teaching. Name some of the places she taught.
1: I really would have to do a search of Jessman County schools to get all of them, but she taught back in the days of the one-room schoolhouse. She Uh taught all Uh eight grades, and she would, you know, tell us about that. For many years, I know she taught at Mount Lebanon Uh and Little Hickman and places like that, Um, but she taught at uh, Nicholsville Elementary School for many years and then retired in Nineteen seventy, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and she had taught forty-two years. Wow! So she had seen. She
0: started really young. Then. She
1: she taught nineteen years before she got her teaching certificate.
0: Really, of course, back then
1: you didn't. Yeah, yeah it, was, you could do it that. was different. Right? Yeah, right. right. It was much different. Uh, and um, she said. I aced that because she'd been teaching so long. When she had to get her certificate, you know, the rules changed and and so forth. But I have heard so many people in town who knew my grandparents talk to me about how she was the best teacher they ever had and how Papa was the best funeral director they remember when they had to be there. And I think that my sister and I, and I know my parents and my dad, and, and my mom was influenced a lot, too. We took a lot from them. Sure. I mean, we're always kind sure. of, I am always thinking, well, with what I'm doing right now, would they be proud?
0: Yeah, and they would. And they would. And I was going to ask you, and, and of course, the funeral business has changed somewhat, but you've been involved in teaching. What would Sissy say about now, education now? Oh, wow. What do you think she'd say if you could say, look at what all we have to do? What do you think? How do you think she'd react?
1: Well, I would even have to start with what my dad would say. <laughs> but going back to her generation, you know, it was a different time and it was a different world. Oh, yeah. And we did not have the same kind of population that yeah. is uh, evident now. There's a, well, I won't go into parent support. No, that kind of thing. Well, it my was, dad it was there. Yeah, it was Much there. Much
0: more than there is now.
1: And, and you know, and I don't want to insult. Him well,
0: and we husband. want to say there are a lot of good kids and a lot of good parents in our town. They're
1: great, but yeah.
0: but it's not like it used to be. It's you don't absolutely have
1: not. Yeah, and it's absolutely critical. Yeah, right. So anyone listening, that's my ad for the day. But talking about what she would think back then, it was a, as I understood it, it was a time when you know it was the basics mm-hmm. it was it was a system that was founded in 1893 mm-hmm. something like that and they still taught that mm-hmm. we still sometimes teach mm-hmm. like that today mm-hmm. but right before she passed away i got my first laptop yeah and it was a humongous thing but i was at the forefront of technology sure. with right. the laptop cuz right. everybody else either didn't have a computer or they had a monster right. room full of a desktop and um you know I remember I would take it to school and all the kids would gather around it was just <laughs> such a wild idea but I had gotten this laptop and I was I was absolutely determined to get all of her great recipes yeah on my computer now she was at a point in her life where well she had her cookbook and it was all handwritten mm-hmm. but she didn't want and, to hand and, me and let me
0: stop you there
1: because she had
0: she did she probably <laughs> had the most beautiful handwriting of any woman I've ever seen it I've, was it was amazing
1: it was perfect
0: this was something that you'd need a computer to replicate. I mean, it was that that good.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. She had the kind of handwriting that you know, for each letter. I remember in elementary school there was a poster above the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. long and it went mm-hmm. to- and it shows you how to form every letter. Right. And she formed every letter
0: yeah. perfectly all the time. All the time. Yeah. Everything she wrote.
1: And I, Tracy and I both. This was before my brother Chris came along. We stayed with them quite often after she retired, and mm-hmm. we were still very mm-hmm. young. And we would practice our letters just like... I mean, (laughs) she would form the A, Mm -hmm. capital A, and the small a. And I would write all across that line all the capital A's Mm -hmm, I could. And, 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 you know, she would look at it and and help me with it and so forth. And so while I can have... Uh, if I'm in a hurry, I can have very scratchy notes. Mm-hmm. I can write similar to her, but nowhere near no, perfection. No, it was amazing. It was it amazing. Was
0: perfection. Well, I took you off the path there. Did you get the cookbook, the, the recipes, then?
1: Well, I didn't get all of them. But what she wanted to do, because this computer was such a far-fetched idea that and I, she wasn't using it. I was mm-hmm. the one trying to learn mm-hmm. to use it. Mm-hmm. She decided she would rewrite all of her recipes. Yeah. And she did a great many of them. And that's kind of when I knew things were yeah. going downhill yeah. because yeah. her handwriting wasn't. Yeah. And she was kind of ashamed of that, I think. Yeah. I mean, she she understood why it was happening, but she was kind of shaky and it just, sure. just didn't look right. right. So um, I got many of them on the computer. I have her cookbook, her little notebook where all the handwritten mm. recipes are. Mm. I'm not a great cook, but <laughs> when I... Try or when many of us cook in the family for Thanksgiving and Christmas, a lot of the recipes good. are still hers. They're not as good when we do. I understand.
0: It. I tell you what, I always remember. I had not a lot of her cooking, but at Christmas time, <laughs> she would always send me a container of the check mix. Yeah. With the pretzels and the peanuts, and oh my gosh, I've tried to do it. I've tried to replicate. I can't. You can't do it. I can't. Yeah. Not like she did it. And I guess she cooked three meals a day for that man, didn't she? I mean, Ellistine, and he had to eat a certain time. I mean, if we had a funeral scheduled at a certain time at twelve o'clock, it didn't matter what was going on; he was going to eat, and yeah. she had that that lunch cooked, and, and it was amazing. Now, Ellistine, we'll go back over to him for a minute. You know, he did all those years and spent many years in the embalming room, and and I think when him and Bailey was there, Bailey more dealt with funeral end of it, and Teeny did a lot of the embalming end of it. When I finally got into it, and you know. I probably could have done this show by myself, just telling stories about him, but I can't tell the history of his life and things, but I, but as far as the funeral home, and I probably could write a book just on things I remember from down there. But I will tell you a couple of stories about him and, and things I remember that he did and the way he acted. One of the things that I will always appreciate about Elistine uh, Hager, when I went in there, you know... When you start a job new, and I'm not talking about like you just did. I'm talking uh-huh. about when you first became a teacher. Uh-huh. You run into people who have taught for many, many years, mm-hmm. and they don't mind letting you know they've taught for many, many years.
1: And you know who you are.
0: Yeah, and you <laughs> and you can do that, <laughs> and, and you do your best, but they'll come along as like, well, you shouldn't do it that way. Now, that happens in all, sure. all occupations.
1: And I wasn't talking about Jess just <laughs>
0: <laughs> But I went to embalming school. I went to mortuary school and I got my uh, diploma and learned how to do it from your grandfather. And I remember several times because when we went, you know, I went to embalming school 50 years after he did. So there was different techniques. And so I remember, though, a couple times at the funeral home when there would be something come up and I'd look at him and I'd say, Teeny, let's try this. Something completely new. Not one time did he ever look at me and say, well, that won't work. Right. Never. We did it. Yeah. We if worked it together. worked, that's right. If it didn't work, we decided we won't do that again. But if it did work, he'd start doing it that way, even right. though he'd done it different for 50 years. That's the first thing I remember. The second thing I remember about him and will always appreciate, right there towards the end of my tenure, before I became circuit clerk, Elstein got to where he couldn't see real well. You know, his eyesight was failing him, and he was getting up in years.
1: He worked till he was 93. He
0: did. But there was a lot of nights where we would go and and go to the hospital and get somebody, and we'd let him sleep. We wouldn't call him, and he'd come in the next morning because we wanted him to get his rest. And he'd come in, and he'd look. But I remember when his eyes started to fail him. I'd be working, and he'd come over, and he'd look at me, and he'd say, You're in your light. You can't see. Well, I could. He couldn't see, but he thought I could. But I remember I do, in the last couple of years, I would, would work with, with people and deceased bodies. And he may not do a whole lot. He may help dress, but that's about it. So we'd have the visitation. And a family would walk in. Now, you've got to remember, I learned from him. Mm-hmm. So I emulated him. A family would walk in. They would go and see their deceased family member. And they would come back to him and say, that looks so good. You did such a good job. Now, a lot of people would go, well, I thank you very much. And that'd be the end of it. Here's what your granddad would do. Well, I thank you very much, but you need to thank the person that did the work. And he'd point at me. Mm-hmm. He never took the credit for my jobs. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Yeah, He always gave me the credit. And that he was that way in everything. I mean, he was that kind of a personality in everything he did. This man was so special to a lot of people, Leanne, and he did such a good job. But if you look at that family, that Hager bunch, they're all that way. They are. It's bread in them?
1: And that's what I like to think. Yeah, we're continuing right with with our. Right. You know, my teaching and, and Tracy's teaching. She's one of the hardest working teachers oh, yeah. in the state. She's a good one. Na you know, in the she's country. A good one. And um you know, and my parents teach. I I just I kind of have that a similar personality working yeah. as a writing coach. I have done I have been working with teachers more for nine years uh than teaching yeah. in the classroom. Yeah. And while I like to coach them like you were mm-hmm. coached by my mm-hmm. grandfather. Mm-hmm. I want them to, you know, and we try new ways and whatever. Right. I want them to become the teacher they can right. convict. And, and I want them to take the credit. Sure. And, and I think that that has always been part of the family legacy.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Now, our time is almost over, but before we go, there's one thing I want you to talk about real quick that you've kind of done since we've lost Teeny and, and Sissy. You wrote a book. Wrote two. Wrote two books. Mm-hmm. Tell us real quick about those and how proud they can <laughs> be of that. What kind of books did you write?
1: I wrote. Um, I have written two. They're they're about middle school age. If you're going to you mm-hmm. know put a mm-hmm. grade level on it, it's a mystery series. Yeah. So, you know, and so far there are two. All the road trip mysteries. I'm a big. I have been all my life. I've wanted to travel the world. Yeah. That was part of what you know. My grandmother and my aunt Mary. Yeah. Uh, Jacobs. Uh, kind of instilled in us is that you've got to see the world to understand better your own culture. Right. So I, I thought about that for a long time, and I wanted to write with this kind of travel undertone. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the series is the Road Trip Mysteries. The first book is called The Ragged Suitcase. My main character gets to travel to uh, Nantucket. The, the main character is loosely based on my niece Amy, and uh, <laughs> Good she girl. goes with yeah, she Good goes girl. with her. Uh, travel writer aunt uh, loosely based on myself who is a little um, scatterbrained and that kind of thing doesn't know what's going on this whole time she's solving the mystery but anyway we went to Nantucket in the first book because that was a place that I loved to visit I was on a fellowship uh, at a school in Vermont and then uh, the second book is called Savannah Bell so we went to Savannah Georgia
0: you were great have you got a third one planned
1: I have an idea good but you're talking about writing books I have been a writer since well I have identified myself as a writer since I understood why educators should identify themselves yeah, you know yeah. since nineteen ninety three yeah. and I have written lots of short pieces and long pieces and whatnot, but I've also started a book on both of my grandparents really good yeah and yeah. I, I, you know I don't know where it'll go I've written lots of stories, yeah, yeah, but I don't know if I can. Psychologically, yeah, and it's you hard. know, put it into a book yet? Right. So, yeah, I uh, worked at the state department for four years, directing uh, the high school writing program mm-hmm. for the state, and um, I'm lucky enough now for Jefferson County to ask me to be their writing yeah. coach. So, writing is um, literacy in general is my background, and I think that they would be. Really proud. I
0: know they would. They would be beaming. In fact, I can see Elostein right now carrying one of them books in, saying, "Look what I got." You know, it's so nice for those of us, Leanne, who can look upon our grandparents and be that proud. And you know, I can do it. You can do it. And and we have people in this community who who are able to do that also. And one of the reasons we do this program is because we want to remember those people. We want to remember what they what they did to make the world for us. Because what we do now, it comes out of what they did. I mean, it, it did. So that's why we like to remember them. I appreciate you coming in and talking to us. You know, we could talk for hours about those two, and we could tell stories about those two, and unfortunately, time is limited.
1: And he was a storyteller, he so was. I have a book of stories. <laughs> he you know? was a
0: storyteller, and, and I'll tell you what, he personally uh, meant so much to me and my family, but to me, working with him at that funeral home and spending every day with him and just getting to know him was certainly one of the highlights of my life and her too when you work with a fella every day and i'm not just talking about eight to five because you know there was nights that we spent all night together in the involving rooms literally all night together and you know he was with me uh, when my brother was killed i remember elistein and the way he treated me and in the room working and I remember when your grandmother died. He and I working and to get her for her funeral. I mean, it was, it was such an emotional time, but it's one that I wouldn't trade because that's when you get to know somebody when they're in their deepest depths, <laughs> and you can, as you said, he liked to do when you can comfort them, and that's what he did for me, and and I hopefully I did for him. But they were such joy people to know and such great contributors to this community that uh, we hope that all will remember and thank you for coming i know it's been hard and emotional but you know what i'm glad that we've got it now preserved for on down the line great people thank you so much thank you My thanks to Leanne for coming in this morning and talking about our grandparents, and I appreciate you coming in also. We'll do it again next Saturday at 11 o'clock. All things Jessman every Saturday morning. And don't forget, I'm here every weekday morning on my morning show from 6 to 8, Get You Up and Going on Jess FM 105.9.